has contained so much friction right now and yeah. so much angst and anxiety and the lack of connecting with people because everyone's putting their agenda before somebody else. This goes beyond just selling, just to understand that. This is trust-based communication. This applies to all relationships. Marriage. I had someone call me recently and said, you, you saved me from my marriage. You saved me from divorce. I said, what do you mean? Because I realized the entire time I had my agenda ahead of my wife's. I didn't know how to listen and connect with her. So if I can get the message out to more people in the world, we will learn how to listen and connect better. Imagine the impact of our, forget the economy, how we actually enjoy our lives. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Carnivera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business and grow your life. We're back here with episode 113 and our guest coming to us from Australia is Ari Galper. The title is Unlocking the Game, Accelerating Your Results with Trust-Based Selling. I know what you're thinking. I'm already a trust-based seller. I'm a relationship builder. Well, prepare to get your mind blown because Ari Galper is really bringing us some fundamentally different mindsets and approaches to sales. I thought I knew about trust building and sales. The end of this conversation, I felt like I was starting all over and you can as well. Ari's gonna talk about fundamental shifts in how we look at sales, the words we use, the phrases we use, and this key shift, to shift from a goal of getting the outcome we want the sale, the simple goal of getting to the truth. Get ready to have your mind blown with Unlocking the Game and Ari Gulper. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are excited to be back and we have a very unique guest today. We have Ari Galper with us today and he's unique because he is our first guest We've had about 110 episodes. This is our first guest coming to us from Australia. In particular, Ari is in Sydney, Australia. Let's just open this up right now. He is known as the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. And awesome. we're going to talk about that in detail. What does that mean? Uh, what, what makes you world's number one? How did you get there? Uh, he's also, his, his organization is, I love this, called Unlock the Game. <laughs> unlock the game around sales, sales mindsets. And, and Ari, as you'll gather, is all things sales, especially trust-based selling. And we love that because we talk a little bit from time to time about sales, but this is as much about sales leadership, not only organizational sales leadership, but that individual inside out sales leadership that we talk about in so many episodes. He's got several books. We're going to talk about several today. His most recent is Unlock the Sales Game. His upcoming book uh, later this year, I believe, is The One Call Sale. Is that right, Ari? That's right. One Call Sale. So we're going to talk about sales and sales myths. I love talking about myths because <laughs> I think almost everything is a myth, but that's just my bias. So welcome, Ari, to Leadership Junkies. Thanks for having me, guys. Really excited about it. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad to have you here. So Ari, give us a little bit of the background story of how you got here. Sure. So I'm from California originally. You probably got the accent. I live in Australia now. I've been here for 20 years. Met my wife online on a dating site, pre-swiping. This is when it's photo and text only. And she, yes, she emails <laughs> me. We're having a conversation. She's actually living in LA at the time. We connected there, dated, uh, then came out here uh, to visit her family, got married, and then we uh, we stayed here and been here for 20 years ever since. Wow. Um, wow. And we actually, we were, we were going to stay in Los Angeles uh, after we got married. We had our first son. And uh, after a couple of days after he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. Hmm. And at first, we didn't know what that meant to our lives. We realized we had a gift on our hands. And he's been our hero. And I wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby. Oh, wow. And because he needed more support, we brought him back over here. 
and now he's just amazing. And um, so, yeah, that's why we kind of came here. It's been amazing so far. Oh, fantastic. Well, be- before we get into the selling part, one thing that jumped out at me about your bio, Ari, it's about sales, but this is the thing that caught my attention. Your mission is to help business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals break through their fears of selling. But this is the key part, as well as create better lives for themselves, their families, and their clients. So it sounds like your mindset and your mission is much broader than just sales. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this is about deep trust. This is about trust-based communication. This is about, and I'll warn everyone in advance of this call, this meeting today, we're gonna, my ideas are quite contrarian. They're quite opposite of <laughs> yeah. the model. So hopefully they're okay for some bombs coming today. Um, but um, you'll be learning as I'm sharing some ideas today that so much of the angst out there in the sales world is the act of selling in itself. It's been so commoditized and so mm-hmm. traditional and so taken from the 80s and dragged through today, stripped out and cleaned out that it feels really quite awkward and it's actually quite dehumanizing. So my mission is to put trust back in the process and to connect with people and build real authenticity that ironically, of all things, creates more sales. Yeah. So what you're saying is always be closing isn't necessarily the best idea right now. Well, what you'll discover today uh, is that the sale is not lost anymore at the end. It's now lost at the beginning. Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, let's just dive into trust because that's the core of it. And it's interesting because Craig and I talk often about trust in business and in leadership. You are known as the world's number one authority on trust-based selling. So just feed us feed us on that. Where does that all come from? Well, I think there's a, there's a story behind this, actually, an experience that happened to me, which I'll share with you that I think will really resonate and hit kind of a deep chord, which will kind of spring us off to some fun conversations today. Cool. Uh, but prior to... Um, Coming out here, I was a sales manager in a software company, and we launched the first online website data collection tools. Now it's called Google Analytics, um, pretty common <laughs> tool. But back then, we were the first one to launch this little, little device, this little took code. And anyways, with fast-growing business, internet was taking off. People wanted to know how to understand the, their, their metrics. And so um, the, the leads came across my desk that were big opportunities. I was managing 18 people underneath me, sales team. And this one contact came across my desk from the website lead. I called him back, nice guy. We had a nice conversation. He was a big company. You recognize the name. They have like major websites around the world. It was such a big opportunity that if I close this one sale, it would double the whole revenue in one opportunity. That's how big this thing <laughs> wow. was. It was a big no deal. Pressure. So, no, no pressure. pressure of course, very calm. <laughs> so I called him back. We had a nice conversation. He agreed to a conference call and a demo to see our product, which was amazing. So the day finally came Friday at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I forget it. My team's high-fiving me like, good luck, Ari. They all want the bonus, you know, end of the year if I get this deal. So I'm like, hey, give me, give me some space here, everyone. So uh, I went to the conference room with our, my director and I closed the door behind me. There's a big, long table in the conference room. On the table was, uh, you know, the old speakerphone, the Star Trek kind of corporate phones, three legs on it. Oh, yeah. And so um, I dialed the speaker, hit the speakerphone, dial tone came up. I called the number that he gave me and he says, hey, how's it going? We had a quick hello. And he says to me, Ari, uh, let me tell you, let us tell you who's with, with us on the line today. I said, great. <laughs> I'd know there'd be someone else there. Next thing I hear is, my name is Mike. I'm CEO. I was like, oh, <laughs> my name is Charlie. I'm head of IT. He's like, head of IT? My God. My name is Julie. I'm head of global marketing. I'm like, my God. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker. That's awesome. I mean, this is the call you hope to get every day of your life if you're in the world of selling, you know? So they're yeah. all there. I'm like, oh my God. I, and I, so I stay calm. I, and I, I <laughs> introduce myself. I explain what we do. And then I begin to give them a live demo over the web to show them what it looks like to see their information. We collect ahead of time whether their website's a prototype. And I'm showing this to them, going through everything. And I start hearing these noises on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I can't believe we can see this. They start asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do, sorry, how do we install it? You know, how do we implement it? How do we get it working? They had all the right kinds of questions, you know. I had all the right kinds of answers. There was so much, <laughs> there was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. <laughs> you heard angels, didn't you, Ari? You heard the you angels. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. When it just it just feels so right. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, it's like. 
I was going back and forth and um, it was, they were so excited and it was like, it was perfect. And um, I was doing my thing. I was reading, I had the books at home. I read them on sales, I had the CDs in my car back then. And I went to the guru seminars. I watched the video. I was studying everything to do. And I was building rapport, answering objections, doing everything I was taught to do from what I learned. And it was awesome. The call was great. Hour goes by. My, I got my, a high five from my boss. I'm like, she's like, Ari, nice job. And the corner is like, he's ordering his next car he wants to buy on his mobile <laughs> This is such a done deal. You know, it was, it was perfect. And the call comes to a close. My contact is me, Ari, we love it. This is great. Look. Give us a call a couple of weeks, follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. You know, I was so excited. <laughs> so I said my goodbyes. I took my arm and my hand, and I reached for the phone. I hit the off button on the middle of the speakerphone. As I'm reaching for the off button, by complete accident, now it's a divine intervention, my thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. By complete oh. accident. And a small click happened. And they thought I hung up the phone. Mm. And that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly on <laughs> the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. And I pulled my thumb back just for a second. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, what, what would you expect to hear in a call like that? Not a trick question. What would you imagine you would have heard after a call like that? Hey, let's let's talk about how we can start implementing. Where where are we going to go next? You know, wonder what the pricing is. Exactly, that's what you expect to hear after yeah. all that, right? But let me tell you what this said verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it. It's why we're all here today. What they said was this: They said, "We're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information, and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper." Wow. Knife and heart twist. I was in a state of shock. I was like, what? And I snapped out of it, hit the off button, looked at the wall and said to myself, what did I do wrong? Hmm. I was competent. I was professional. I was, I did everything I was taught to do as professional. I wasn't aggressive. I was just myself. And I realized at that moment, this, and you can tell me if you agree with me this or not, that somewhere hmm. along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth mm. to people who sell. Oh, right? Absolutely. absolutely. It's okay to say things like, sounds good, send me information. Oh, we're definitely, we're definitely interested. Wait, send me a proposal without having any intention of buying, right? Yep. Right. Because you don't want to say no. You don't want to hurt their feelings. You don't want to, you know, if you can get more information from them, you can, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I realized this is so dysfunctional. This is so yes. wrong. And I asked myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth up front? Why were they in this game with me? And I realized that moment that there is sort of an invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every pre-conversation you have with someone in the sales process. And if you aren't consciously aware of it, if you aren't consciously removing the pressure from the process and building enough trust with them to feel comfortable having them tell you the truth, you will always end up chasing what I call ghosts, people yeah. who add, give you breadcrumbs to show their interest, but never want to buy from you. And you get stuck in this sort of dehumanizing, rejection-filled world that everyone just hates. And that became the whole breakthrough. And I invented this whole approach called Unlock the Game 20 years ago, where the concept is to shift your mindset and let go of the end goal of the sale and mm -hmm. focus only on being present with people, building deep trust with them, where they feel comfortable always telling you the truth up front so you're no longer playing the numbers game. That became, became the whole body work around that. That's awesome. Wow. I, I love that, Ari. Yeah. And it, what, it, what it hearkened to me is Craig and I are both relationship people. And one of the challenges I see in sales and business development is people say they want to be relational, <laughs> the sales professionals, but they still have an objective. And I've said, it's really hard to be rela fully relational when you actually have an end game that's about you. I know, yes, you're going to solve all their issues, but it's about you and your goal. And so my shift was, I just, just what you said, I want to be present and I want to just listen. And I look at this interaction as that the, the worst case is I walk away having my life enriched because I had a great conversation yeah. 
and learn something new. Absolutely. That's the, the best I've found to put that goal over here. So kudos to you, 20 years of this. Yeah. Let's talk more about how do people actually do it? Because I think it's harder than we think. It's <laughs> simple, but it's challenging. Well, we've been conditioned and brainwashed over the years to believe it's all about the end goal of the process, which is our sale. We've been taught by the gurus years and years of conditioning, which has changed our whole behavior set, our language set. And I'll share that today, some ideas around that, that you're right. It requires detoxing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Deconditioning, deconditioning to let go of the weight, what I call sales armor that we carry with us that protects us from the bullets, that, that puts our guard up in between us and them and has us playing a game which is really inauthentic. So, yeah, let's right. do that now. So, I've got, I think the best way to place it is to, to clean out some of the hard drive in our mind about uh, <laughs> what I call sales myths yeah. that we yeah. still carry with us after all these years of being in that world. One is the idea that sales is a numbers game. And that came from the old sales manager who said, hey, the more contacts you make, the more demos you do, the more people you contact, the more sales you're going to make. Well, we discovered in this economy now, the way the world's changed, it's not about how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, not how good you are, how many contacts you make, which flips the entire model for those who manage people based yeah. on certain behaviors around that. That makes so much sense. I uh, just had a sales call today, 30 minute call turned into two hours, got the sale, you know, and it's because of the relationship building. Totally agree. Yeah. And number two is that the sale is lost at the end of the process, right? <laughs> I mean, how often have you been working on a deal that looked pretty good? It all looked great, yeah. green light. And at the end, it just kind of like drops out of nowhere. Like, what happened? It was like perfect. Well, we discovered now. The sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. It's actually now lost at the beginning. And hello, and I'll prove it to you right now in a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, "Hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a," what goes <laughs> right. through your mind in about three seconds? It's transactional. Um, uh, yeah, I'm 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 ready to hang up fast. Yeah, it's you over. Did, hello. Actually, what goes through my mind is you just chose to steal my time. Yeah. <laughs> It's shut down right there. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that your listeners are necessarily making outbound calls. They might be, but I will make the case today that many of your listeners' opportunities are being lost at not at the end of the process, but they're being lost at the beginning, which will shock them with what I shared today. They will go like, what? Because uh, they've been so conditioned to kind of move everything towards the end when it turns out it was lost way in the beginning. So Ari, let me ask you a question about that. Your example is very clear to me. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many people doing that today still. I, I'm shocked that they still do that, <laughs> but that's the very beginning. And I could see how that would lose it. What about when you've got everything set up well, but you have that first conversation where they've expressed an interest? Do you think the sale gets lost there as well? Right there. We'll talk about that. Awesome. It's right lost in that first conversation because what they tell you they want is never what they actually need. <laughs> well, that's true. That's right. true. So um, the third myth uh, is the big one, which is that rejection is part of the sales game. That also came from the old crusty managers that if you can't take a hit, if you can't get beat up, if you don't thick skinned, if you can't take a no, you're not made for success. <laughs> That's flashback pretty classic. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Total flashback. <laughs> and it's still alive today. It's crazy. But we discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that cause the other person to resist you, which now creates the wall to go up. And I'll share with you guys today what those triggers are, which will probably just shock a few people <laughs> to think about how after all these years they're carrying with them these certain things they're saying that's causing that to happen. Hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. All so right. Those are the, are those the three big myths we've got? Those the are three myths we're going to clear up. Sales are lost at the end. Rejection's part of the sales game. Uh, I got to tell you, it may be out of order, but I really want to hear about these unconscious triggers piece. Sure. I'm a big, well, we're big fans of talking about triggers. Definitely. Triggering so, rejection. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, we, so the, the, one of the triggers is the languaging that you use, the, the language that associates you with that negative salesperson stereotype. And we have our own principles that we developed around our system. And our core principle, uh, our first one is called um, always be diffusing pressure with people, taking the pressure out. And we invented our own languaging to remove the pressure, to, re to remove rejection altogether. Let me give you an example. Um, let's say you're having a first uh, call with someone over the phone, and they could be uh, called, they sound qualified, there's a good chemistry, good opportunity, looks like a good fit for you, and the call kind of comes to an end. What are we taught to do normally at the end of a call like that? Not a trick question. What do we say to somebody if the, the, there's a good fit there, a good opportunity? We say to somebody what usually end of the first call? What do we say to them? Next How about steps, we? Uh, let me send you a proposal. Um, things What's, like that. What do you think is the next step? Does it seems like proposal would be the next step? Do you agree? Something that we're trying to control. Correct. Yeah. Definitely trying to control what's next. Right. Because we're conditioned to move things where? Oh. Towards a sale, right? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. But what happens if you try and move somebody forward and they aren't ready yet, right there in the beginning? What do you break with them immediately? Trust. Trust. Correct. So same scenario, our approach. Call is going well. Good opportunity. Looks like a good fit. Rather than saying, hey, how about we go forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? <laughs> Interestingly, that was what, would, what I said on my call today, and that led to a sale. Hmm. <laughs> and I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? Yeah. Now, how do you think that changes the dynamic of the moment? Well, it changes it from I'm going to control this to you're fully in control of this and I'm following you because okay, this is yes. about you. You're shifting the power to them. And when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. Right. <laughs> they can't believe somebody would actually ask them what they want to do in a yeah. sales process. That's unheard of. And when you say it to them, they usually say things like, well, I, I've got one more question. Or what, what about this? All of a sudden what comes out is the truth. And that is your goal. <laughs> your you go. goal is to get to the truth, not to focus on your sale. You want to identify yeah. where you stand so you're not playing smoke and mirrors the whole time, wondering what happened at the end. Do you ever set up a, yeah. an upfront contract or, or an agreement to say, hey, look, if there, at any point, you find that this is just not a fit, just let me know, you know, or just saying this is a conversation just to see if there's a good fit, if at any point, you know, something like That's that. Fine. So that all that, all that pre-framing is fine. That seems reasonable. I don't have any problem with that at all. Diffuses. Yeah. 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 I think it's reasonable if, if there's some pressure there. Sure. How else do you reduce pressure? Well, that's what we're talking about today, which is basically using certain languaging, languaging okay. that removes the pressure. Uh, in fact, I'll give you, I'm going to ask you and your listeners to remove one key phrase forever from your vocabulary as of today okay. uh, and never use it ever again. Now, if you've been in sales for a long time, this might hurt just a bit. <laughs> so hopefully you're okay with that. So I'm going to ask you guys and everyone else to never use this phrase ever again as of today, post Ari, and here it is. Never again use the phrase follow-up ever again in your business life. What's the okay. only industry in the world that uses the word follow-up? Hi, I'm kind of follow-up. Who's using that only? I'm following up on, yep. Who, who does that? Sales. Salespeople. Yep. And here we are, professionals, heart-centered, we care, but our languaging says, hi, I'm getting you a call to follow up on moving things where? Towards my sales. <laughs> follow-up. Towards what I want. Exactly. Follow-up kills the whole process. There's a few more classic ones too. What else is out there? Remember the old ones? I'm giving you a call to circle back, circle back, uh, touch base, uh, check that, in. Um, These are like 1980s <laughs> languaging. And I use them all. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what do we do instead? Well, you know what, Ari, what you said at the beginning is very true. If this was live and people are listening, there are tens of thousands of heads exploding <laughs> around the planet of going, they're looking over there going, you just took my whole playbook and you like tore it in half and threw out both halves. 
<laughs> I watched in advance. A lot of bombs coming. All right. Um, well, let me let me ask you this, Ari, because here's a phrase I call it one of my phrases that pays. That feels like it's in this realm, especially when I meet people who, if I'm selling something, which I do, or people I coach are, it's something they've likely already used or have some that they're somebody they're using. So rather than asking questions, I will, let's say it's Craig, I'll say, hey, Craig, you've been in business a long time. My guess is you have some longstanding relationships that are providing you with great value and great uh, and a great experience with you. I make it as a statement. There's three things. You have a great relationship. It's longstanding. They provide a lot of value and a great experience. What's incredible to me is they tell me the truth. <laughs> like it's like that gave them permission. They'll go, actually, yeah, we've been using this person for a long time. I can't say they're always the best value. They tell me exactly what it is. And it's for me, it's not a trick. It's just I'm giving them permission to tell me the truth. Interesting. Versus playing a dance of, hey, I want to find out what this is, but you don't want to tell me. Yes. And that leads us to number two. Oh, by the way, for Craig's anxiety relief, let me give him the phrase right now to use instead of follow-up. <laughs> okay, please. So instead of, so from now on, what you say is this, I'm, or an email or whatever you have, you say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our last meeting. Feedback's going backwards, away from the end goal, the opposite direction. Interesting. And when you say feedback to someone, you know what they say? Anybody else starts happening? They start talking and talking and talking and talking. And you're like, oh my, the dam opens up because you did not create forward momentum. Your goal is not to move things forward. Interesting. So instead of wow. moving the sale forward, we're trying to move the relationship forward. <clears throat> now, Okay. Let me mention something else about that to kind of sift out the language in here to provide some clarity. I teach my clients that trust building and relationship building can be mutually exclusive, yep. meaning you do not have to build a relationship with someone pre-sale to build trust with them. What I tell my clients is build the relationship after the sale. Not before the sale, because they all know it's fake anyways. Rapport building. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. All that BS relationship building is all fake, and they know it. They've got a problem. They want it solved. They do not want to become your friend. I promise you that. Now, they will after they get to know you, but not before. So what I teach people to do is let go of this whole relationship building thing, which they know is kind of awkward anyways, and focus only on what I call a doctor-patient relationship. They've got a problem. They want it solved. Let's figure out a way to unpack that issue, prescribe the solution without them having to get the relationship part in the way of it. And now what happens if you cross social norms too much and business norms, then what happens is it's all really kind of messy and there's no consistency for the next step. That's the challenge you might have if you get too into the whole, hey, you know, let's pay for a cup of coffee. Let's go golfing. How's your family going? And they're like, I just got a problem I want to solve. So this goes very much in the face of all of selling, I know, because we were taught for years, build relationships, and then you'll make the sale once they get to like and know you later on. Well, you want to wait that long? That's fine. <laughs> but okay. I figured out how to compress the sales cycle to one conversation by stripping out the relationship building and focusing only on trust building. Interesting. Well, it seems like, Ari, what you're doing there is you're also potentially redefining relationship building. because. If, if you trust me, that's a form of relationship. It's not Correct. all the, the, the shiny stuff of relationship Correct. building. It's the core stuff. Do I trust you? Like, I love this because I, I, I have a book. I have a chapter called Walking Backwards. And that's what you're doing is saying, I'm never going to push you forward. I'm going to always invite you back. And we're only going, you're saying, we're only going forward if you decide. And when you decide, I'm going to keep taking you away from the goal. And it's not a, it's not the play. It's not a takeaway. It's not, it's not a trick. It's genuine. Yeah. Now, they, have to, they have to own the problem and ask you for help before you have permission to talk about you and your solution. Totally and that's the sense. hardest thing to do because we're, we're, we're so wired. The minute someone says, Oh, here's my challenge. 
your body and brain goes, ding, I can help him with that. That's perfect. Oh my God. You're like, and then you just jump and say, oh, I can help you with that. See, what we don't do is we don't diagnose like a doctor would. See? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it, we, we are so conditioned to provide the solution prior to really getting to the point where they own the problem. That spoils everything. We end up then them saying, I'll think about it. Then we end up chasing them for the next call, then an email, then a proposal. And then we're going, man, how did we get here? Because you lost a hello. Yeah. Plus prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. Well, what I like about this, Ari, is there's an authenticity to it. I'm not going to name names, but there are thousands of sales systems out there. Yeah. And you can see them coming. And, and I would always say the problem with those systems are if you were to go hand the system to the person before the sale and say, this is what I'm about to do, <laughs> they're not going to be okay with it. <laughs> but what you're talking about is not a system. It's a mindset. And I could see people saying, yeah, because it's all genuine. It's not a game. There's not a game. You're not playing a game with them, which is a lot of these processes are a game. Because okay. they all have a hidden agenda. Which is not really so hidden. <laughs> so if you're, if you're saying that the, the sale, the close is not the goal during our conversation, what is? The goal is to see if you and them are a fit or not. Okay. And you may not be a fit. And you have to be detached enough from the process yep. to let them go if they're not. And that's the hardest part because we're so conditioned to get a yes all of our behaviors, everything we do moves them towards that yes. Yeah. We have no door that's equally weighted towards the no. And that's the key is that you have to be comfortable with the idea that you have to disengage with them if you're not a fit with them. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society, exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Welcome back. Well, gotcha. I also heard you say, Ari, that one of the goals, the way I heard it was, I wrote it this way, the goal in your approach is to get the truth. It's to get the truth. And if that's the goal, I would argue maybe I'm okay being attached to that goal. <laughs> yes. That's my goal. I'm attached Correct. to communicate with you and, and walk through this with you so that we get to the truth. And once we yes. get to the truth, if that truth aligns, beautiful. And if it doesn't, beautiful. Let me give you a great example of this. Recently, I had someone call my office. They got through my team and they got to me on a scheduled call. I picked the phone up and I hear Mr. Galper. I said, yes. My name is uh, John Johnson, changed the name. I'm with XYZ Company, big, big company. You recognize the name, I promise. And we're, we're, we're looking to bring someone in to change our sales culture and our performance. We're looking at you and two other people right now. We'd like to know, first of all, why should we go with you? Why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. He says, he says this to me of all people in the world, you know? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> So uh, look, they're a big, big company. I'm a human being too. So I took a deep breath. I got centered my approach. I lowered my voice. I paused and I proceeded to say this to him. What I said was this. I said, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> That's unexpected. There's more. There's more. There's more, I promise. <laughs> Then I said this, I said, over here at our company, we have a very similar process to you where we ask some questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, we decide where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? 
And then there was like dead silence on the phone, not a word. I'm like, oh, did I lose him? And next thing I have this breath, like he breathed across, like a sigh of just relief. He breathed. I could feel it. His shoulders came down. Mm. He became a human being again. He lowers his voice and he says to me, um, okay, what kind of questions do you have for me? <laughs> next thing I know, I discover in five minutes, one, he's not a decision maker. Uh -huh. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. Wow. And off he went to the YouTube to find more of my stuff. I hung up the phone. He hung up the phone. Everyone was happy. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Oh, I'm not just time, but energy and misdirection and you thinking about it and all that. I almost used the word follow up, but I would, I'll say asking for feedback. <laughs> The pain of the chasing game, dehumanizing yeah. myself. There's actually this drug, it's in our bodies, and it's latent. And it's triggered with inbound calls like that. You know what the drug is called? It's called hopium. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know go. the hopium yeah. drug? You get, oh, you get yeah. so, oh, I got the call. You tell your team, I got the call. You, you put in the board, yeah, big deal pending for the, for the quarter. You tell your husband and wife, we're going to Fiji. I got the phone call. You're so excited. <laughs> Woohoo! You high five everybody, and then you call them back, and you get their you get their voicemail. Like, what the? He's not. He's never there. What? You go to your email. You say, "Hi, I'm writing you to follow up." <laughs> yeah, you fall right back in that pattern again, and you're yep. pulled to the grill. Like, selling sucks. I hate this because you were caught up in the game that you're being played, and you don't even aware of how to unlock that game. Well, that's an interesting statement. I, I'm always intrigued by how those phrases come together. You call it unlocking the game. In a way, I'm also hearing you say a version of don't play the game. You have to basically let them know you're not like everybody else. Yeah. You're not going to use any behaviors or do anything at all that makes, makes them feel uncomfortable or resembles the act of selling at all. In fact, I tell my clients, stop selling start creating trust it's a learn how to do it it's a new skill you don't know it by yourself i promise you now when you're home with your kids and your family unconsciously yes hopefully you, you do that with them but when you come to work what happens you put sales armor on you protect yourself you change your behavior you change who you are now you're sucked into that vortex and you're dead you're not yourself anymore you're not you can't be yourself because you're protecting yourself from the boats coming your way you know they're coming so if you could crack this thing open for the first time, here's the thing. They've got a problem they want to solve. And the whole time on the call with you, all they're asking themselves is one question. Do I trust him? 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 They don't care about your solution. They don't, they're not qualified to determine whether mm. your solution is best for them. They're not the expert. They have no idea about They don't care about how you do what you do. They don't even care about you. All they care about is if you're the one to let into their world that they can trust. And that's why we have to detach ourselves away from our solution. And I tell my clients, fall out of love with your solution <laughs> and fall in love with their problems. There you go. So when you're starting off with the conversation to set up the, the trust building from the get-go, how do you open the conversation? Right. Great question. Love it. Okay. So let's assume it's a scheduled conversation with someone, a scheduled call, and they're mm -hmm. a qualified. We can do the other, we can do call calling too if you want. We we'll do both sides. So let's just say you have a scheduled call with somebody. Mm -hmm. First opportunity. Usually those calls kind of go like this. Hi, nice to meet you. Great. Nice to meet you as well. Great. Hey, look, I heard your name through John. He gave you his name. Hey, like what, you know, tell me a little bit. It gets kind of real, kind of flowering, yeah. casual, right? That's what usually happens. We're trying to kind of build the rapport and get them to know us and like, we're really kind of smoothing things out. <clears throat> so how we start is this. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. I kind of like bedside, doctor bedside manner, sort of warm empathy as well. Nice to meet you. Look, it might be helpful if you'd be okay to kind of share with me a little bit about your, your, your journey, but your situation, mm -hmm. uh, but your current business model. And we'll kind of go from there. Would that be okay? So the ball starts in their court right away. Nothing about you. You just start right away. Then Perfect. they start talking, they start talking, they start talking, 
they start talking and you're listening now because you're their their shoulder hurts you're the doctor and you're saying where does it hurt is it over here ah oh well let me take a look at that so it's the same you're diagnosing now then yeah. you say well tell me a little bit about the issues and challenges you have around xyz that you're struggling mm -hmm. with right now now we're going right to the problem there's no yeah. now now they're going to tell you so well our biggest challenge is whatever well, what, so i love it so really you're, you're just starting in with questions so that they're in control and then the questions help to pull out additional information so that you can continually check is there a fit and do they have a problem that i can actually solve well that, that's the surface level that's right. cruising right. the top of the, what i call top of the iceberg okay there's a hole going down below the iceberg which mm -hmm. is the magic here so okay. Give me an example of something in your world they would say to you as a problem that you've helped them solve. Give me an example. Sure. Like so they're trying to sell more. And so what I do is, uh, on one side, it's digital marketing with, with Jeff. We're dealing with leadership development. So what would be like a problem they say to you? How would they describe you with their challenge, for example? I am not confident with my leadership. I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm stepping into a new role. Right. Okay. So, so, okay. Those are two things. You just told me two things. Not confident and stepping into a new role. So the minute you hear someone tell you their problem at, that they tell you, mm -hmm. you stop them and you say, when you mentioned about not being confident in your role, here it is. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Gotcha. At that speed? Just like that. The delivery <laughs> is half, the delivery is half of this trust building. Wow. Okay. You have to slow it down. Okay. See, what happens is we get so like chemical with people. We're like, oh, yeah, right. this is, whoo. We get all kind of like loose and move quick <laughs> and it's all kind of fun and everyone feels good. This is not a call for you to make them feel good. Okay. Do doctors make their patients feel good? No, they diagnose their problem. They don't always leave the office feeling good. Your job is to, it's like a, it's like a therapist and a patient, okay? Yeah. If the patient doesn't own the problem and you don't amplify it, but they understand the depth of it and own it themselves, they will never commit to solving it. So you say, mm -hmm. tell me a, with bedside manner a little bit more about that. Well, I don't feel like I'm confident when I get in front of my team. I feel like I don't have all the answers. Well, tell me more about how, how that's impacting you in terms of your ability to make decisions. Tell me, and how long has that been a problem for? Gotcha. So now you're amplifying. See, he's giving you just the service level problem because mm -hmm. no one's ever helped him before unpack the gravity and the impact of the entire problem because he himself is not able to. Customers and clients just don't even understand the depth of their own problems. That's our job. So when they give you something that you think is their problem, your brain should go, I don't think so. <laughs> the five wise. Because, because human beings aren't able to solve their own problems that are complex. That's why they go to others to solve it. But what do we do? We hear their problem. We go ding, 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 ding. This works for us. We do this progress. What we do, we're leadership consultants. Hell, we're a match. And we try and bring them towards the end. We, yeah. So there's a whole body of work around this, what I call the one call sale, where you can actually build enough trust with somebody without the whole rapport building, where they say to themselves, this guy just gets me. Awesome. So Ari, let me ask you a question about detachment. You talked earlier about the importance of detaching from that goal of the sale for me. It seems to me in the process you described, it's also critical for me to continue to detach because if I'm listening to them, my default might be to listen through the lens of my solution. So I keep asking questions, but I'm filtering it through my solution, which to me has the ongoing risk of not being trustworthy. Because my questions will be based upon my solution versus really, you said earlier, you've only said it once, but being present mm -hmm. with them and just being curious and asking questions because you really want to understand independent of your solution. Believe it or not, 
you have to care about the person. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best kind of salesperson. Yes. <laughs> and you care about care, them as a person, not as an outcome. You care yeah. so deeply about their issues that you step in their world and you stay in there as long as you can until they say to the magic phrase, which is, how can you help me? Yep. And you do not have permission to talk about what you do mm -hmm. until after they say to you, how can you help me? Or how do you work? Or how do we engage with you? And I would imagine a big piece of that trust is if you aren't a good fit, you let them know and you refer them to somebody who is a good fit. Of course. Potentially. So I'm really curious about something here, Ari. I one thing you said that just the, the the bells went off. Yes, yes, yes. Is this idea that most people, especially in complex matters, don't really know what their problem is. Yeah, and that's certainly been my experience on the consulting and coaching side. It's almost never what they tell me it is, and I know that's going to be true. But it sounds like I mean, I guess my question is: Are you at what point are you sharing that with them? <laughs> In this conversation. Great. Great. You are now a truth teller. <laughs> you have to now tell them the truth of what the real problem is and what the impact is to their situation because they have to own the gravity of that. No longer are we allowed to sort of leave a few things over here and keep going over here because later we'll pick it up over here. No, no. People are. Trust is built by those who tell people the truth. And that frankness, that authenticity, that directness. See, the thing is, when you're like this with people, that in itself is how you differentiate yourself. Not on your solution. You differentiate yourself on your approach because you haven't yet to even offer them any solutions. That in itself is like shocking. Like, this right. guy's not even trying to tell me anything. This is really weird. It's like not even, he's not even offering me a next step. Like, I kind of, this is different. I like, yeah. he's actually not going anywhere with me. This is, this, this is so unusual. People aren't used to being listened to like this or being <laughs> unpacked like this yeah. ever, ever. It's so unique in itself. That's how you win this, win them over is by your approach, not your services. The world's become so commoditized to try and compete that your coaching program is different than everybody else's. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you gotten LinkedIn recently? I mean, everyone, their cousin's a coach and the leadership consultant. I mean, no, you win this and you differentiate by your approach, not your solution. Yeah. They don't care about your solution. They don't care about how you solve the problem. They just want to make sure you're the one to solve it. All right. Yeah, we, I know we could go on because you basically... Turn the, turn the world on its axis here for us, <laughs> which is, I believe that all the best solutions are that today. I think that's true of almost everything yes. today. A tweak of what we've been doing is not the answer. Right. We've got to flip everything upside down because that's how messed up it is. So you've done that for us today and for our listeners. I, I'd like to close with this question for people. You've shared a lot. What's that last piece to put a... a ribbon on the or bow on this package for what you've shared today <clears throat> the world has contained so much friction right now and yeah. so much angst and anxiety and the lack of connecting with people because everyone's putting their agenda before somebody else this goes beyond just selling just understand that this is trust-based communication this applies to all relationships marriage I had someone call me recently and said that you, you saved me from my marriage. You saved me from divorce. I said, what do you mean? Because I realized the entire time I had my agenda ahead of my wife's. I didn't know how to listen and connect with her. So if I can get the message out to more people in the world, we can learn how to listen and connect better. Imagine the impact of our, forget the economy, how we actually enjoy our lives. Yes. I love that. And, and I, that's what I was hearing too. This is about how we relate because trust is trust, right? And you said earlier something about it could be unlock the sales game, unlock the marriage game, unlike uh, the parenting game, 
Uh, so trust is trust. And, and we here at Leadership Junkies believe in trust as a foundation that has to be walked, not just talked about. So yeah. thank sure. you for definitely shaking things, things up. Uh, <laughs> I feel disrupted in a beautiful way. We always want to give our guests an opportunity to promote anything going on for you. So what is that for you, Ari? Look, at the moment, the best thing probably for them to learn more about this is just, we have an introductory free course. Just go to unlockthegame.com. Dig into our world. Don't be afraid. Listen and learn. Reach out to us for an initial consultation. Experience what it's like not being sold. <laughs> I love it. And that. I've got a new book coming out, which maybe we talk about next year, called The One Call Sale, which will be a real bomb in the whole industry. And we can talk more about that when the time comes. Other than that, all I'm suggesting is that the answer to almost all problems is trust building. That's all I can say. Yeah, we, we definitely agree with that. So we definitely will direct people to your website. What's the best way for them to connect to you? Is it through the website? Is it LinkedIn? Uh, is it through LinkedIn else? directly. I'm big on LinkedIn. Go to, say hello to me there. We'll connect. Um, and I got lots of videos in there as well that I do all the time. And, and I think the message resonates with lots of people. And hopefully it does with you. Awesome. Gotcha. Well, in the interest of time, we're going to close with a single question. Uh, I'm going to ask you the dinner question. So the dinner question is you get a chance to have dinner with one person who is alive today. Who are you having dinner with? And what is the one question you're going to make sure to ask them? Probably a gentleman back there on my wall, on my, in my frame. <laughs> Richard Branson. I did meet him briefly, but didn't have a chance to sit down and talk to him. Yeah. But I would like to know how he deals with resilience when things come his way and how he processes that to get over the hump on that. Awesome. awesome. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for a breath of uh, really fresh and refreshing <laughs> air around trust. That's for sure. Yeah, great to have you. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.